1: Did you miss Candy and Carlin?
2: Candy and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, second hour presented by Progressive Insurance, Matt Jones, Myron Metcalf talking about what would you return? If you're a fan of a team, which player would you like to return? One person writes, Matt, I'm a Patriots fan. I'd like to return Mac Jones. I think he has been way overpriced, and we paid too much for him. I guess he means in draft stock. What do you think about all this stuff coming out? People sort of uh, saying they think Mac Jones might be a dirty player, Myron. There's a compilation video on social media of Mac going low on people, sliding spikes up a couple of times. What do you make of
1: it? I I mean, it's one of those things when it rains, it pours. Like, you don't hear that stuff about a player who's playing well, right? We didn't hear that stuff about Mac Jones last year. Uh, We didn't hear about this until it was clear that, you know, they were really struggling. And I think this last game when it was sort of deliberate, I mean, he did do some dangerous things, but uh, it just doesn't help the narrative if you're a guy who's trying to prove you're the option at quarterback, at least in the near future. But listen, his offensive coordinator uh, is a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. Like, like to <laughs> me, I'm gonna give what him you a really pass. Think. Well, I'm gonna give him a pass. Like Matt Patricia again. He's he's one of those Adam Sandler guys with Bill Belichick. We've talked about this. Just you know, he Belichick has to coach with certain guys that makes him comfortable. So you,
2: you're basically saying that Matt Patricia is Rob Schneider. Right. Basically. Like that He gets to. He gets. For people who've never heard Myron's point, you yeah. know, Adam Sandler does all these movies on Netflix, most yeah. of which are terrible. Occasionally he yeah. does a good one. Uncut Gems was good. The yeah. Hustle movie was good. But he always brings his friends along for the ride, right? Yeah. And yeah. there are certain people, Rob Schneider, I think, is one, whose entire career basically now is being Adam Sandler's friend. <laughs> yeah. And you're saying Matt Patricia is Rob Schneider.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was like hey, I need a job, Belichick says, all right, be the coordinator. You know, let's him be the (laughs) co-coordinator. Be the offensive
2: coordinator, even though you're
1: a defensive guy. Yeah, with with Joe Judge, this will work. And, you know, he just can't do the job. So I give Mac Jones a pass. Until we get him with a real offensive coordinator, I'm not going to make any judgment on his future yet.
2: Yeah, I mean, this sort of does feel like the Deuce Bigelow European gigolo <laughs> yeah, part of Matt yeah. Patricia's career. Not even that. the not even the good version in the uh, in the original. Melissa writes in on Twitter and says, Matt Myron, I actually disagree with you about Zach Wilson with the Jets. I contend Jets fans and teammates and teammates don't give him privilege for being handsome. They're tougher on him because he's handsome. Huh. Really? Do you think that's possible that other men sort of par- look at Zach Wilson and they're like he's too pretty, so we want to bring him down? No,
1: I don't. I don't think that's the the, the sentiment. Y- you know, I think they want him to play well. Y- you know, and I think everything they're doing is based on the fact that he he's not good. You know, and then maybe that's where maybe some of that hate comes in. Like, if you look like Zach Morris and you can't throw a football, that's true. Then maybe like things that people couldn't say a year ago. Now they're sort of saying now, so that could happen. No, I know exactly
2: what you're like because uh, there's this guy I know uh, in in Lexington, Kentucky, where I am, where all he does, he only wears red shirts. Okay. (laughs) And, you know, Kentucky's (laughs) rival is Louisville. So I don't like the color red because of that. And one time I was in an argument with him and I was really frustrated with him. And I was like, you know what? Not only do you do this, do that, all you ever do is wear red shirts. Like, like, like somehow, but just because I was mad at him about other stuff. The red shirts thing then became another part of the argument. I think that's what happens with a handsome person. You're already (sighs) mad at them about something else, and then the fact
1: they're handsome just rubs you a little (laughs) bit more wrong. You yeah, know? you don't. And you don't say it for like three months what you're really thinking, and then it's like, man. And by the way, I hate your shoes, right? Like you just you've <laughs> been holding red it Shirt wearing,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah. that, that's how. It
1: works. All right, so we're seeing who would you trade in?
2: Who, yeah, what who is you if you're a fan base? Who do you want to trade in? Scott in Dallas? Uh, are you a 49ers fan in Dallas? Yeah. My, I've lived my whole life in Dallas. and
0: I've been a Niner fan the whole time.
2: Now, why would that happen? You're in Dallas. Why would you choose to root against the people you're around every day?
0: So, I don't, I've I've been a fan longer than I can remember. My dad says I started off liking
1: their colors when I was like four or five.
2: You liked and like, like you liked like mediocre brown. Whoa, that was the co- those whoa, are the cult colors you enjoy. <laughs> Come on, no, Bernadette. I like red and gold. Yeah. Okay, all right. So, all right. So, Not what would you friends. trade in there, uh, being a contrarian in Dallas? So I would trade in Trey Lance and all those draft picks for Micah Parsons. Yeah, I mean I don't know how you can argue with that now, Myron. I mean Trey Lance, considering what they gave up and what little we've seen, and his injury history, I think you would want to return that for a different, you know, for a different PlayStation.
1: Yeah, it's it's more about Micah Parsons, right? And like what he is, uh, and what oh, do it you looks still like believe in Trey become... Lance. Well, I mean, A, that defense is pretty good even without a Micah Parsons, but they'd be even better. I'm still not ready to say Trey Lance isn't the guy because this was supposed to be the year. I know he had some early struggles, but we only saw him in a handful of games before he got hurt. So I still feel like that's a year three verdict on Trey Lance if he comes back and he's healthy. Jerry is in Oakland.
2: Now, Jerry, are you a Raiders fan in Oakland? I'm still a Raiders fan, yep. All right, Jerry. We got to work on our Whoa, cell coverage. Man.
1: You underwater?
2: Jerry, I think he's Jerry's been watching Max Hedrum and is like doing <laughs> that voice. Listen, Jerry. There are phone. There are phone plans that this work. Even, like what I movie are you, you in? You get one. I wanted to hear what he had to say, but maybe he'll call back. He was
1: calling from 1927, so we couldn't, <laughs> we couldn't
2: hear him. <laughs> hey, they, he's still upset with Kenny got Stabler. Eight eight eight. What kind of telegram
1: was that, man?
2: Is it working? All right, well, let's try Are it again. Are you doing a telegram? What is this? Jerry in Oakland. Try again, Jerry.
0: Oh.
2: <gasps> no! oh, no. Oh, no. That didn't go over the air, did it? Oh, no. no. For, for, okay, for those of you that oh, missed that part, oh, no. just for the record, in studio, Evan, Jerry doesn't know where I live, does
0: he? <laughs> I don't
2: think so. Okay, uh, what was he saying that towards? Uh, he was not happy. Jerry in Oakland. Uh, you all didn't get to hear that, but those were not pleasantries that just Whoa. came out of his mouth. But thankfully, we caught them. Wow! So Who we knew? got we
1: got that. Okay, good. Although, I'm
2: to glad. be honest with you, if I were going to guess which fan base would have a person <laughs> do that, the Raiders would be up there what? on the list. Let's what go was to he Jake in, I don't know. Let's go to Jake in Minnesota. Who would you like to trade
0: in, Jake? I would like to trade in Rudy Gobert. Mm. And uh, I'll just add to it, you know, the picks, that part of it's a bummer. But I think what bothers me the most is the progression of Walker Kessler. Um, You know, he plays defense and rebounds, and he's been getting more and more playing time. And I think on a permanent basis, he's, uh, you know, gets more rebounds and blocks than Rudy Gobert at this point.
2: Come on now, let's just slow down a second. All right, I'm not saying you're wrong about the trade. Yeah. But really what you're upset about is Walker Kessler, Like, I know he's doing okay, but do you really think in five years you're going to be telling your kids we could have had Walker Kessler?
0: No, but I think if you package the picks and his efficiency, like, I think you might be underestimating how good Walker Kessler has been doing. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that a lot of people would say the picks, but I'm just – it's frustrating the progression of Walker Kessler – and how well he's been playing on a permanent basis.
1: Yeah, I'm always torn, you know, uh, because, you know, I'm here in Minneapolis. I know a lot of Timberwolves fans. I know Timberwolves execs are just people, part of the organization. And, like, I can understand why you go after a Rudy Gobert after you lose to the Grizzlies, and it's clear that, like, if you don't make up the talent gap, you're not going to have a chance to compete with teams like that. I also think they make the trade assuming Anthony Edwards is going to be a great player, a star. Um but the picks do add a lot to it because now Look, you're I saying know. it has to work or else you've mortgaged a future for him.
2: Look, I, I'm all for saying the Rudy Gobert trade was bad. I think they gave up too much for it. I'm not sure if Gobert can play with Towns. I'm with you. But don't sit here and tell me the reason you're upset about it is <laughs> Walker not, Kessler. Yeah, it's not, yeah, okay, like Walker. somebody's got to score for that Utah team. Yeah. So Walker Kessler does. Just just let's stop the Walker Kessler hype. <laughs> all right? Slow yeah. down just a little bit. Now eight 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 say ESPN with what you want to trade in. Please don't cuss. There's Man. a rule. I don't know if you've been following the news, well, but you know. cannot cuss on the airwaves. Like why
1: did he do it? I'm confused. Like I what happened?
2: Think he, I think he was mad at me, and it makes me sad. But I the Bears realized he was on air. I don't think he oh, knew okay. it. Well, you were, sir. And I please, did say he
1: call from 1927. That might have set him off.
2: I don't please know. clean out your mouth with soap. The Bears do not want to trade Justin Fields because he's doing great. But is there a block blood buster trade coming because of how high a draft pick they will have? We'll deal with that next here on KT Garland on ESPN
0: Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
2: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Did you miss Canton Carlin? There's, I think, uh,
0: offensive or defensive linemen. They, They really need help. On both sides of the ball, look, Justin Fields shows a lot of reasons to be encouraged, certainly
1: has the ability to be a great quarterback, but um, they really need help. So, you know, you could be talking
0: about guys like Jalen Carter, for example, from Georgia. Um, you could look at a couple of different offensive linemen, but if I'm the Bears, I have so many holes that uh, I need to take use that pick and um, or maybe trade back a little bit and just try to acquire as many picks as possible because you need so much help.
2: That is Mike Tannenbaum, ESPN's NFL front office insider. He was with us, Myron Metcalf and Matt Jones, on Canty and Carlin. 888-SAY-ESPN. We are asking people who they would trade in uh, on this uh, post-Christmas time of exchanges about their fan base. But before we get back to the calls, this is the time of year where, of course, the playoff race in the NFL is important. But I like to look, Myron, at the bottom of the NFL, at the teams that stink, right? Because Mm -hmm. now we're going to know where they'll end up in the NFL draft because they don't have a lottery like in other sports. So it's an interesting year because right now it looks like there are three quarterbacks that have sort of separated themselves. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and Will Levis from Ohio State, Alabama, and Kentucky. And But there's a lot of teams that I think need quarterbacks. So I'm going to go through here with the teams, Myron, they're at the bottom. And I want you to tell me if you were their GM, would you pick a quarterback? Okay? Yeah. Houston, Do you pick a quarterback?
1: Yes, definitely.
2: All right. Indianapolis, do you pick a quarterback? Yes, definitely. So that's two. All right. Denver has traded their pick to Seattle. So Seattle, do you pick a
1: quarterback? If it's one of the three, you know, if if I can get access to uh, CJ, Bryce Young, or Will Levis, yeah, I would consider it. All right. So that's Um,
2: three. Yeah. Chicago, would you pick a quarterback? I would not. No, you've got your guy. Arizona, mm-hmm. do you pick a quarterback? No, no, all right. The Rams traded theirs to uh to to Detroit If you're Detroit and you get a top five pick, are you picking a quarterback
1: If it's one of those three? Yes, because as good as golf has been, I still gotta think about having that franchise quarterback uh so I'm definitely picking a quarterback among one if the one of those guys are there. I'm not picking Anthony Richardson or Jaron Hall or someone like that. But I'll pick one of the three
2: guys. All right, so that's four. And then Atlanta, are you picking a quarterback if you're Atlanta?
1: Yes. I, All right, I, so I that's am.
2: so that's five of the of the eight teams who, as of today, would have the top eight picks. And remember, if you get down to the six-win teams, you get Las Vegas would probably get a quarterback, New Orleans, maybe even Carolina. So, I mean, of the top eight, that's five would get a quarterback. So I would actually argue, though, Myron – If you're one of those teams that's at the top of that and you don't want a quarterback, you have a ton of sort of leverage, and the Bears are that team. As of right now, they would pick second, but you look at the schedule. If Houston wins one more game and Chicago loses both games, Chicago could pick first. So they're going to have a chance to make a decision. Do they pick a defensive line or offensive line player, or do they potentially trade – And I would argue the Bears sit there with that second pick, maybe the first pick, and they have a chance to make a haul. So if you're the Bears, do you take Will Anderson or the kid for Carter from Georgia, or do you try to just leverage all these people and take a huge package and and, and get a big deal?
1: I think you try to get a big deal. I mean, you want to stay, I think, as high as you can in that draft because you do need the offensive and defensive line help. But. I think what they'll be enticed by potentially is not only getting a high draft pick, but maybe also getting a veteran who can make an impact right away. Like if Chicago gets the number one pick, they've got all the power because that team has a bunch of cap space. I think there are a lot of players, Matt, who are going to see the way Justin Fields has played without anybody. And and they can see where he's headed, right? They can see the rise. Um, So I think that'd be a great position to trade down. Uh, Just try to get as much help as you can for your franchise quarterback. And
2: think about how many games this year, Myron, they've had a big lead and lost at the end or something. It feels like to me, if you gave Justin Fields in free agency a good wide receiver, you were able to bring in a high pick, maybe like you said, a veteran. Doesn't that feel like a team that next year could be eight and seven with two
1: weeks to go and with a chance for the playoffs? Doesn't that feel like a team that has that ability? It it definitely feels that way. I mean, I I think especially NFC North, the Lions have been better. But how long does that last? That the Packers have been up and down. Uh, the Vikings look like they'll be good for a while, but you just never know at them. So, I think if you're if you're the Bears, things are looking up for you based on the way we've seen Justin Fields play. I mean, Buffalo beat them, but if you actually watch that game, Buffalo didn't destroy them, I and mean, and, it, and it was it got
2: it got out of hand at the end. Yeah, right, you know, right right at the very end. All right, so let's yeah. look at those three quarterbacks because this for those of you listening out there. You're going to hear three names until you're ready to to, to throw up. You're going to yeah. hear Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Will Levis. Now, if you're a college football fan, you probably – you certainly know Bryce Young. You probably know C.J. Stroud. You may or may not know Will Levis. With those three guys, Myron, who would you, if you were Houston, with that first pick, who would you want to take?
1: Uh, I think I would pick C.J. Stroud. Um because he, he kind of fits it all. You know, he's got the, the athleticism, the size, the mobility, the arm. But I'll tell you what, the Ohio State thing is going to bother me, right, in that position, which is why I think Will Levis will be the first pick. Because You think he will be the first pick? Yeah, he looks the part of a modern NFL quarterback. I think Will Levis can run. Um, he's not a running quarterback, but he can do it. He's a giant. And you see what Josh Allen is doing. I think a lot of people will want that kind of a player. I think the one that people are going to be hesitant about is actually Bryce young, because I'm just not convinced that Bryce young is going to measure taller than six feet uh, at the combine. And, Oh, he's definitely going to be lower than six feet. And if that's the case, and we're watching Russell Wilson struggle later in his career, Kyler Murray getting banged up, Lamar Jackson's durability. Does, Does that affect how you see a Bryce young based on what we've watched the last couple of years?
2: Well, let me just say, I'm based here in Kentucky. I know I'm going to be talking about Will Levis nonstop for the next five months. I just would say if your team is considering him, one of the things you have to look at is Kentucky changed offensive coordinators this year, and he didn't have the best year. As a matter of fact, he struggled a lot. But, number one, he was hurt most of the year. And, number two, this is the stat, Meyer, and you're going to hear me say a thousand times. He led the country in passing yards against the blitz because Kentucky got blitzed all the time because their offensive line was so bad. That is what people in the NFL look for. His ability against the Blitz, he, unlike what we've seen with Zach Wilson, those guys coming after him doesn't bother him. He actually plays better against the Blitz. Myron, I think that's why I, like you, would consider him at number one.
1: Yeah, that's going to help him a lot. I mean, the size factor will matter a lot. And I also think, you know, no one's going to say this publicly, but the Ohio State thing is going to make some teams think twice about CJ Stroud.
2: It is interesting. I want to talk to you about that because that seems not fair, but I do think people will do that. College Football Talk on Canteen Carlin is brought to you by Princess Cruises. I love this boat. Yes, I do. Some say the NBA starts on Christmas Day, so if you are one of those people, Myron's going to get you caught up on everything you missed. Everything that's happened in basketball, if you haven't been paying attention, we'll sum it up in like eight minutes. But first, got to tell you about FanDuel because NFL wild card weekend is almost here. And the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel. It's America's number one sportsbook. New customers, like Myron. If you join today, you can get started with $150 in bonus bets. Think about that, Myron. $150 guaranteed. And all you have to do is place your first $5 bet. Just sign up with the promo code PLAY. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet. And get $150, as we say in the mountains, $150 in bonus bets. Win or lose with the promo code PLAY. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition.
1: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
2: Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. 888-SAY-ESPN. If you want to talk to us, we promise, well, I promise I'll be nice. I can't say anything about Myron Metcalf. He sometimes gets mad at people. You should have heard him yesterday on Countdown to Kickoff <laughs> when people were – because he made this argument, which I'll get him to make later, that Jalen Hurts that, – that Gardner Minshew losing the game makes Jalen Hurts the MVP. And people got very angry at you, Myron. And me, I wasn't going to get angry at
1: you because it was Christmas. Yeah. But a
2: lot of people were very upset at that argument.
1: I'll tell him to bring it. I was saying it doesn't hurt his campaign, and it shouldn't. And I think Jalen Hurts wins that game, which is what MVPs do. Yeah,
2: well, we'll see. Well, let me tell you what else is happening. When it's Christmas Day, for a lot of people, you spend the fall watching football, pro and college, and I understand that. And so for many people, basketball, pro and college, starts on Christmas Day. Obviously, the NBA games are always on Christmas Day. and college, we're about to get into conference season. So for today's top five, we thought we'd bring Meyer Metcalf, the king of basketball, to tell you, for those of you that haven't paid attention, Here are the top five things you've missed in basketball, pro and college, that you need to know going into 2023. So, Myron, what's number one?
1: Number one is, a decade ago, Matt, how many players during the 2012-2013 season do you think averaged 30 points a game? In the NBA, Mm -hmm. maybe none. You're 100% right. There were zero a decade ago. This year, Already seven players have hit that mark. Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Shay Gilgis-Alexander, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry, who's hurt right now. Kevin Durant's at 29.9 points per game. So uh, an offensive explosion in the NBA compared to what we've seen in the past. I mean, I think that's remarkable to have guys playing at that level. And there's guys of all ages you know, you got Embiid, obviously, and Giannis, Steph Curry, the veteran. And then Shea Gilders-Alexander is the guy who's like, if you haven't watched him play, if you don't care about OKC, you're talking about a young superstar in the making uh, See, based on what he's See, that's the name so that
2: shocked me. You're talking about, okay, again, I'm a Kentucky guy. I watched Shea in college, loved him. Yeah. When he came to Kentucky, he wasn't even miring the starter. At point guard, a guy who none of you have even heard of named Quade Green was the starter and Shea beat him out. And now he's one of the seven players averaging 30 points a game. And I'm sure if you're not a basketball fan, if you heard those names, that would have been the one that people would have gone. Really? He his story is truly amazing. He wasn't even a McDonald's All-American. He came to Kentucky in a recruiting class. Five guys were McDonald's All-American, and he was the one, Myron, that wasn't.
1: It's fascinating. He could end up as the guy, you know, out of that group who has the most success, man. His rise is phenomenal, and guess what? Chet Holmgren's coming next year. (laughs) Going to get healthy. He'll get some help there. And you never know what all the picks they have. They might get another star as well. Yeah, that's fun to watch. All right, what's number two? Number two is, while we were all busy watching Kyrie Irving try to destroy and sabotage his career, we kind of forgot about the Brooklyn Nets. It was easy to think that they were never going to emerge from whatever dump Kyrie Irving had taken that team into. They were 9-11 on November 25th. Since then, however, Matt Jones, they're 12-1 and 1 in their last 13 games. Yeah, it's the amazing. Nets are playing incredible basketball right now. After all that drama, they have risen to the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference.
2: And what's crazy is you mentioned part of it's Durant, but part of it's a lot of other guys you don't even know. They've actually even gotten some positive stuff out of Ben Simmons of all people. I mean, they they really have done unbelievable, and you hate to sort of put a negative thing on Steve Nash, but some of it, isn't it, is right after that ended, right?
1: 100%. I mean, I think a lot of people assume you're going to have to break up this team. It's just not going to work out. Kyrie and everything going on with him, and somehow they've taken whatever that was and turned it into a miraculous run. And it's so really, they,
2: they spread it around, and the guy I love is Watanabe.
1: That yeah, dude hits yeah.
2: every big shot that you could ever hit, and he's fun to watch. If you've not watched the Nets, if you can get past the Kyrie part, they've actually done pretty well. What's number three?
1: Well, uh, John Moran a few days ago in an interview with Taylor Rooks said, I don't have to worry about the West. Kind of rub some people the wrong way. He not have to worry about it. <laughs> um, and a lot of people assume, well, maybe he's right. Maybe he doesn't have any competition there. Except Memphis is not on top of the West right now. The Denver Nuggets are on top of the West. They're 7-1 and one in their last eight games. They've won four in a row. They beat Phoenix last night. Nikola Jokic, once again, making an MVP campaign. 25.4 points per game, 11 rebounds, 9.4 assists. I mean, this is a giant putting up numbers that no one his size should be able to put up, but he's doing it again, and it looks like he could come up with another MVP, and he's led his team to the top of the West so far.
2: He has been amazing. I think he said that to Malika uh, Andrews. He was
1: Malika Andrews. You're right.
2: But I will say, I love the idea that you go ahead and say, you know what? I ain't even worried about the West. Like, he, like like he's not won anything, and he still says it. And most of the time, when people haven't won anything and they say something like that, you sort of look down on it. Yeah. I kind of like it from him. There's something about him that just makes me happy. He is the king of dunks that are almost amazing, including the yes. one last night
1: on Christmas Day. What's number four? A lot of people are waiting for Victor Wimbanyama, the French superstar, is going to be the number one pick next summer. The guy has it all seven foot four can play like a guard, but go ahead and look at Orlando right now. If you want to see a guy who's doing all those things down the NBA, Bo Bo, the seven foot two star with the Orlando Magic, is a a nightly highlight reel. I don't know if you've seen him a lot, Matt, but he is doing fabulous things. 12 points per game. Uh, He's averaging seven rebounds a game, 1.6 blocks. And he's hitting threes, 40% of his threes. He's just doing anything he wants on the court right now, and it's fascinating to watch. He's so – you know, when you watch Wimbenyama, he's very fluid.
2: Bobo is not fluid. It does look like it's a little sort of herky-jerky, but it (laughs) works. It works. And for people who've wanted to see him have success,
1: this has been a really impressive uh, go for Bobo. Finally, what's number five? If you have ignored college basketball, I'm going to give you the top five teams in America right now. And I number bet you, by the way, those of you listening at home, I want you to close your eyes unless you're driving, keep them awake, and
2: say who you think the five teams are, and then Myron's going to tell you who the top five are. Who's number one?
1: Number one, Purdue.
2: How many people do you think know
1: Purdue is the number one team in the country? Nobody. No, nobody. Nobody. That. nobody. That. Purdue fans. Uh, they might even know. UConn at number two. A Houston shocker. At Houston. At number three. Yeah. Uh, Kansas number four after losing everybody from that national championship team. And Arizona lost a lot of talent, too. They're number five. Think about the fact that the top three are Purdue,
2: UConn, and Houston. Do you think there is anyone listening to this show that is not a fan of one of those schools who could name one player on any of those three teams?
1: No, probably probably not. Probably not.
2: No, and let me just say, Kimball Walker is still not at UConn. I'm just telling you, neither is Glenn Robinson at Purdue. (laughs) An unbelievable top three to start the season. Good stuff. Those were Myron's top five things. Now, Tua yesterday was like Tua Claus. He was handing out gifts on Christmas Day in the form of interceptions. Just for the record, folks, I didn't write that. You would never (laughs) hear me say the phrase Tua Claus. And normally I don't read – the little things they write for me to say, but I didn't realize I had to do this. And then I saw Two O'Claws and it was too late, Myron. So please forgive me for saying the phrase Two o'clock. <laughs> Nevertheless, Two O'Claws and the Dolphins need to figure out if he's the quarterback of the future. We'll tell you if Two o'clock is the quarterback next here on ESPN Radio.
1: Did you miss Canty and Carlin?
2: gun with Wilson to his left slot left slot right snap to a looking right heaves it right side intercepted intercepted by Rasul Douglas and there is your dagger that was from 620 WTMJ they were so excited they harmonized the word intercepted there <laughs> to the sounds of Timbaland and Magoo Great album, uh, getting you way. ready here yes listen Magoo never got his credit. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf, (laughs) I was always a big Magoo guy. We are talking about Tua, who had a very, very poor performance yesterday. If you only watched the second half, you would have watched Tua and said, well, I'll even tell you what happened, Myron. My parents don't watch a lot of football. I'm home for Christmas. My mom's sitting next to me. We're watching the second half, and she just all of a sudden says at the end, that quarterback doesn't seem like he can throw. And I thought, you know, I mean, she didn't know who it was and she didn't know his history. But if you only watch that game, like it he- did look like he couldn't throw. Now, Mike McDaniels was asked after the game if two or three interceptions in the second half, in the fourth quarter, were to blame for the loss. And he said no.
1: But it wasn't just that. There were some pass exclusive
2: situations we kind of put ourselves in uh, to, that really took us out of,
0: you know, some of our run, run plan situations that uh you know we we play our best ball when we're able to you know keep the defense on their toes and in both phases and you know when having those mishaps and then you know the the defense gets paid too they they uh
2: they were uh you know kind of compressing us in the second half and i think those compounding
1: variables really really hurt the team's chances of winning the football game
2: what? There's a lot of there's a what? lot of words I just heard what? that you don't want to hear a coach say. Those guys get say? paid to and compounding variables.
1: What what, what is he talking about?
2: Like <laughs>
1: th- th- who uses all those anybody who uses those kinds of words and that many words, you know they're not being completely honest. And, and I tell you what man, that like sometimes this is what bothers me about these young coaches Who like come in and like, you know, they have a different philosophy, different relationship with the players. We always give them credit, which I respect. But in moments like this, man, don't you at some point, man, have to be like, my guy didn't get the job done. Like, doesn't that have to be the message? I, I mean, look. He didn't play well. I,
2: I, you can say, like, you know, when you can say he put him in compressing situations. <laughs> like, what are you talking with about? compounding variables? <laughs> Listen, my man, this is not geometry <laughs> or algebra class. This is football. And yeah. at the end of the day, if your quarterback is throwing three interceptions in the fourth quarter, it's not going to happen. And it yeah. wasn't just that there were interceptions; they were bad interceptions. Bad. Like they were. You sit there and watch and go, "Where is he even throwing that? Or yeah. how did he miss it that badly?" Now he's had a good year. But there is a sense, I think you have to ask, that now that they've lost four straight games and the last couple, at least in part, based on his play, you do at some point have to say he's got to step it up. And I've never really understood why coaches are so hesitant to say that
1: when we all, Myron, can see it with our own eyes. Because, again, I, I think this is sort of the the corner sometimes these coaches put themselves in. And, and it's sort of a new generation of coaches. And it works if you're Sean McVay, like, like whatever Sean McVay has done, like it it works. He sort of earned that respect. The locker room can come and deliver a message at the same way without maybe sounding like that old school guy, but it doesn't work for everybody. Like some of these guys, I feel like Matt just don't know what to say in these situations because they're so afraid of being critical. But let me tell you something. Y'all should all call Nathaniel Hackett and, and, and ask them about how quickly you can lose your job. Like the message has to be at some point we are going all in. Miami goes out and gets Bradley Chubb. They go out and get Jeff Wilson. They go out and get Tyree Hill. This is not a team that's playing for five years from now. They're trying to win now, Matt. And if this guy's throwing three picks in a row, and you're losing four games in a row, and you could lose your spot in the playoffs, I want to see somebody upset. I want to see somebody angry about this, right? So where are you on two of Like, like if you're sitting here and you're
2: and you're trying to evaluate because he's been kind of feast or famine. I mean. Six weeks ago, there was a conversation being had that he was an MVP candidate. And yeah. now six weeks later, you watch it and you go, you can be like my mom and go, that guy yeah. doesn't look like he can throw a football. They yeah. still play both the uh, Patriots and the Jets. Those are two conference rivals. If they win both those games, they're in the playoffs. There's no reason they shouldn't win those games. They should be better than both of
1: those teams. Will they win? And where are you on two? Yeah, that's the question. Like, if this were, let's say, a relationship and the Dolphins were bringing to a home to introduce him to their family at Christmas, right? I think there'd be some relatives who said, I think you can do better, right? (laughs) He's nice. I think you can do better. Wow. He's nice. But, you know what? I don't know if he's the one. And I think that's what the Dolphins need to be considering right now. He's good. Is he good enough to take you to where you've invested to be? And I don't think Tua's answered that question at that's this harsh. point. By the way, I also thought it was harsh. Everybody was mean to that dude who asked the, girl, the Philly
2: uh, what was that about, cheerleader. man? cheerleader. Like, they didn't that. think he was good-looking enough That's not for cool, her. Man. That wasn't nice. I did like that he said, though, Pete Davidson walked yeah. so I could run. Yeah. That's a good sense of humor. Here's a lesson. Women like a sense of humor. And yeah. that's why he ended up getting her. People should be nicer than they yeah, are. You, gotta keep you right don't here. necessarily key, have to be nice, however, to Nathaniel Hackett. <laughs> so the Broncos have gotten rid of him. What's next for the Broncos? We'll tell you next here on ESPN Radio.
1: Starland, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus.